All right. Good morning. Welcome to Grace this morning. I'm Mark, if you don't know me. And uh, we are at the end of January already. Woo! Uh, we are fast approaching Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, what better way to prepare than to walk with Jesus and follow him as he's teaching his disciples. I got an email this week, and it was from an organization, and the subject line was, what is a disciple? And it made me pause. You know, we use words as Christians so often that I don't think we stop and actually think about them. Like, we use the word church. Well, what is a church? And we use the word believer. Well, what do you believe? And I think disciple is one of those words. Like, what is a disciple? How would you know that you're a disciple? What does a disciple look like? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to walk with Jesus. We're going to look at how he taught through the different Gospels. We're going to look at how he taught his disciples. And we're going to start with a passage that you are familiar with. And you can probably guess which one it is from the picture, a yoke. But you have a yoke. We're going to talk about that later. It's just a question of which yoke you have. And we're going to see what Jesus invites us to. But I want to give you a little bit of a test, a self-test. So you don't have to necessarily answer anything out loud, unless you want to. Which of these words applies to you this morning, or has applied to you this week, or maybe this month, or this year? Worried, anxious, rushed, angry, tired, confused, uncertain, discouraged, frustrated. You know my weasel word, frustrated. We say that when we don't want to be honest that we're angry or worried. We just say, I'm frustrated because it's kind of neutral. Overwhelmed, busy, too much to do, sleepy, worn out, bothered, fearful. Anybody on that someplace? Yeah, yeah me too. We're all like that at some point. And I would suggest to you that that tells us something's off. Not that it's wrong to ever have those feelings, but to stay there. And we might think about that as being kind of the, well, we've all been through a really tough time and the world is changing at such a rate. But um, I found a letter. I'd read this letter actually a long time ago. It's from um, the governor of New York. I found this letter in a book, and then I got rid of the book, so I had to go looking it up on the Internet. And, of course, you trust everything that you see on the Internet, right? But uh, this particular website said, this may actually be a fictional letter, but it reflects the attitude of the time. So here it is. This is from January 31st, 1829. So about 200 years ago. To President Jackson. The canal system of this country is being threatened by the spread of a new form of transportation known as railroads. The federal government must preserve the canals for the following reasons. One, if canal boats are supplanted by railroads, serious unemployment will result. Captains, cooks, drivers, hostlers, repairmen, and lock tenders will be left without means of livelihood not to mention the numerous farmers now employed in growing hay for the horses. 
two. Boat builders would suffer, and towline, whip, and harness makers would be left destitute. Three, canal boats are absolutely essential to the defense of the United States. In the event of the expected trouble with England, the Erie Canal would be the only means by which we could ever move the supplies so vital to waging modern war. As you may well know, Mr. President, railroad carriages are pulled at the enormous speed of 15 miles per hour by engines which, in addition to endangering life and limb of passengers, roar and snort their way through countryside, setting fire to crops, scaring the livestock, and frightening women and children. The Almighty certainly never intended that people should travel at such breakneck speed. Martin Van Buren, governor of New York. Now, we laugh, but that reflects all of our attitude at some point about some kind of change that's happening around us, doesn't it? We're not sure we like it. Uh, you know how you read a book and it references another book? Well, Thomas Friedman wrote a book called Thank You for Being Late that I got reference to from a footnote in another book I was reading. And this book is all about how fast things are changing. We live in the age of acceleration. And so this is when the beginning of the book, he says this, when there is a change in the pace of change, in so many realms at once, we are now experiencing it is easy to be overwhelmed by it. His point is that um, change is happening so fast that our human ability to adapt can't keep up. For example, if you invented something now that you wanted to get patented, so much is happening so fast that by the time you got it patented, it would be obsolete. It, would be, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be usable anymore. That's how quickly things are changing. So my point is, if you are feeling a little overwhelmed, you are in good company because things are actually changing faster than they've ever changed before. However, however, Technology is not the problem. The problem is us. And it's a very old problem. Read what the prophet Jeremiah wrote. This is a message from God. He says, thus says the Lord, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. You see, God has given us a way. He understands our hearts, our minds. He created us. There is a pattern of life. There is a way of life that he is inviting he invited Israel into, he invites us into. And we're going to see Jesus, quote, actually quotes this passage, in his invitation to us, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. It is a way, it is a way for us to live our lives in a very different way where we will find rest for our souls. So let's just ask the Lord to teach us and we'll take a look at what Jesus has to say.
Just ask the Lord to clear your mind and help you hear the word this morning, and then I'll pray for us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you know us. We sang this morning about you making us and creating us. You know each of us so well. We pray that you would take your word this morning, the words of Jesus, and help us understand them. And not just know about them, but do something with them. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the passage, the first verse of it. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the invitation. Come to Jesus. And notice who it's to. It's not to, come to me, all you who are really sharp and have it all together. Come to me, you winners, because we only want winners around here. It's come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. and I will give you rest. Think about that passage from Jeremiah, rest. And then think about Israel as a nation. You know, they were slaves in Egypt, and he brings them out, and he gives them the law. And what's one of the commands? One of the commands was, take a day off. How mean is that? Like, no, you can't work seven days. I want you to actually rest for one of them. Jesus offers us a different kind of way, and it's a way of rest. Now, part of our struggle with this is we don't think of it like that. Because some of the things that Jesus asks us to do as we follow him at first may seem difficult. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But we need to think about the fact that Jesus is inviting us into a different kind of life with him. So, what's the rest of it? You know it. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We're supposed to learn how to do our life from Jesus. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. There's that quote from the Old Testament. You know, anytime in your, new, in your Bible, at least in my edition, if it's at all caps like that, that means it's a quote from the Old Testament, and that's the quote from Jeremiah. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus is giving us an invitation, and I wanted us to start with this one as we talk about discipleship, because we've got to evaluate every single thing that we think about discipleship from this perspective that it's a yoke with Jesus that's light and easy and restful. Okay? So if you have a thought, and I'll give you some illustrations, if you have a thought that goes, that's crazy or that's hard, you've got to take it back like, wait a minute, I may not be thinking about this accurately. So, Let's just take our way through it. First of all, it's a way of rest. So we just talked about the idea of Israel coming out of slavery and then being told, okay, I want you to take a day off. And they struggle with that. I mean, you can read it throughout. You can read it throughout the Old Testament where they struggled with taking a day off. And then 
it, it didn't become a way of life for them. Well, let me put this in a different context and kind of help you think about why this way of rest is helpful for us to evaluate. So one of the things that Jesus tells us is we're supposed to love our enemies. Now, does that sound easy? No. Like, that's hard. They're my enemy. They want to hurt me. So we think of it as, it, well, that's not a way of rest. That's, that's a way of foolishness to love somebody that is trying to hurt you or is against you. But let's go with that for a minute. So let's say we don't love our enemy. Well, natural responses to an enemy would be fear. You'd be afraid of them. Be anger. They're doing bad things or they're going to hurt me. And then maybe aggression. And then as you become aggressive, then you might actually do something with that aggression. And then what happens in your heart and your life? You become someone who is bitter and angry. Uh, this book that I've been reading, it uses this phrase of some people to explain what's happening as wound collectors. A, a failure to forgive or a failure to deal with things, they become wound collectors. Is that what you want to be? You want to be a wound collector who, who then uses this collection of wounds to justify being angry and hurting people. Did any of us, when we were kids, when adults asked us, well, what would you like to be when you grow up? Did any of us say, I want to be a bitter, angry, toxic person? That's my goal in life. Not, I don't think any of us said that, right? And yet, not following Jesus' way is a sure way to become that kind of person. My point is, how restful is it to be hateful? How restful is it to be toxic to other people because we've collected wounds and haven't forgiven them and become bitter and angry? See, you always have to think about the alternative of what Jesus is saying to you. So is it easier to hate your enemies when you become that kind of person? Or is it better to love them from the grace and the love that Jesus gives you? So Part of the reason I wanted to start with this, this is a way of rest is anytime you think about what Jesus is saying, you've got to run it through this filter. If, if it's not a way of rest, then we've got to say, okay, I don't think of it that way. Well, what do I need to change about my thinking about what he's offering me or what he is inviting me into or the life that he wants for me? It's a way of rest. The second thing is it involves a yoke. Now, one of the things that I read recently was that that for all of, in Jesus' day, a any kind of teacher of the law would have a yoke. It would, not that they physically had one, but it was the way they explained carrying the law. The problem with this thing that I read was I couldn't find any ancient older sources for it. I saw it a lot on the internet, but I didn't, you know, which we always trust, but um, I couldn't find any older. But I found some references where they talked about the yoke of commandments or the yoke of the law. And so it would have been familiar to Jesus' hearers to think of yokes because they saw them in probably in more in their everyday life, but they also understood about the yoke of commandments. They, they would have thought of that. So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Now, a yoke is the way you do tasks. But the interesting thing 
The interesting about yokes is that they're often paired. So it's a way of pairing draft animals of oxen and, and horses. And so I went thinking about, well, what does that do when you, when you, you um, pair horses? So one horse, one, one site, and again, this is off the internet, so take it with a grain of salt. One of the sites said that a horse can pull about 600 pounds with a certain kind of wagon. And so you'd think you put two together and you'd do 1,200. But in fact, you can do 1,800 pounds with two because there's some kind of synergy that happens there. Something happens when you team together. You can see where this is going. When Kathy and I um, got married, we got married in January, and we went to a ski place on our honeymoon. And one of the things we did there was we took this sleigh ride that were drawn by horses into the woods. It was this really beautiful spot, and it took they took all this group into this cabin and fed us this great meal. Well, the driver was telling us about the draft horses. And he said, with draft horses, usually one is larger and one is smaller. And the teams naturally do this. Like, they don't train them. They just do this naturally. The small horse pulls on the level ground. And then when they go up a hill, the larger horse will, will, will get into the harness and pull. And so neither of them is working all the time, and they, they work off this trade-off. So the, the, the bigger horse does the uphill, does the heavy work, and the smaller horse does the flat work. So together they kind of team. And I thought, that's an interesting picture for us as followers of Jesus, of being yoked with Jesus, of how he might do life with us in terms of the hard stuff. So it involves a yoke. What is we do in this yoke? Well, again, we might think, it, well, it's religious stuff. So, like, we're in a yoke with Jesus when we come to a building like this and, you know, hang out with other Christians. So, it's, it's spiritual stuff. No, I don't think so. I think it's everything. I think it's how you are a dad or a mom, or it's how you are an employee, or how you are a neighbor, or how you do life. You do it with Jesus. You do it in his yoke, in his way, in his pattern of life. And then we see that it is an easy yoke and a light load. Well, maybe you're saying to me, uh, Mark, I am a mom of small children. Life is not easy. Or maybe you're saying to me, Mark, you don't know where I work. It is not easy. Or maybe you say, you don't know my neighbors. They are not easy. Circumstances can be difficult. That's not what Jesus is promising us will be easy. That's not the promise. The promise is that in yoke with Jesus, we'll be able to face those difficulties differently. See, what do we know? We know how it turns out. We know God wins. His kingdom is coming and is present and so all of the kinds of things where we could lose hope or be discouraged, we don't have to be. 
And so we approach everything we do with a different frame of mind. And we recognize that God wants us to live as citizens of heaven, to live in a Jesus kind of way, and his grace is sufficient for us in the midst of that. So when he says it's an easy yoke and a light load, he's not saying that your circumstances will always be easy, that you won't have any suffering, you won't have any difficulty. What did he say to his disciples in the upper room? He said, I, my peace I give to you. And he said, I want my joy to be in you. Jesus was going to the cross, and that night he's speaking about having peace and joy. See, you can have peace and joy in the midst of difficulty because you have God's presence with you. And so the yoke that Jesus is inviting us into is with him. And you face everything you do, everything in life, with him, not separated or apart from him. And that makes things easy in life. We can choose to avoid that. We can choose to not walk in the ancient paths. And we pay the consequence from that. Or we can choose to learn from Jesus how to do all of those things with him, in connection with him, his way. And yeah, at first, it could seem easier to be angry at people. It's not about stuffing those emotions, but it's about processing them. Again, you can nurse them and rehearse them, or you can take them to Jesus and talk to him through that and figure out how you let his love change and transform that. So it's a way of rest. Anything we talk about, when we talk about um, Jesus' teachings, about how we be his disciple, how we live this life, if we don't think of it as a way of rest, if we don't think of it as easy and light because we're doing it with Jesus, we're not thinking about it correctly. Just go back to the Sabbath. Is it a horrible burden to take a day off? I mean, is that like some impossible task? Like, don't work every single day. Take a break. Does that seem like a burdensome, awful thing for God to ask of his people? So, this is the way of Jesus. This is where we're going. And this is what I want to start you off on this journey with. As you think about being a disciple of Jesus, as you think about being in yoke with him, is that where you are? Or are you wearing some other yoke? Because there are other yokes you can take. One of them is my own desires. Just I'm just going to please myself. Another is to look at somebody or something out there in our world around us and say, that's what I'm going after. And so you take on whatever yoke gets you to that goal. There's other kinds of yokes you can be wearing. And it's, it's what you're striving for. It's who you're looking to for instruction in how you're going about your life. And the invitation that Jesus gives you is come to me. He says, come to me. If you're weary, if you're worn out, if you're tired, if you're overwhelmed, he says, come to me and I will give you impossible tasks. No, he says, I will give you rest. 
I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. Whose yoke are you wearing? If it's not easy and light, it's not Jesus's. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much that we can learn from Jesus how to live a different kind of life. Lord, we want to be disciples. Show us this path as we work our way through this up to Resurrection Sunday. And Lord, may we be followers of you who live out your purpose. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.